everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Theodore Pendragon here. I have another special guest. Today I have Nicole Starbuck. She's a psychic empath, a quantum energy healer, a spiritual mentor, and a life coach. Is there anything you don't do, Nicole? <laughs> I don't really have a good answer to that question because I just do whatever spirit calls me to do. Well, let's start with why you wanted to be on the show. What attracted you to witch casting with Theodora Pendragon? Well, I came across your inquiry in a Facebook group. And, you know, I do a lot of podcast interviews. We talk all about psychic intuition and quantum energy healing and spirituality. Um, very few. And I want to say this is the only one I've been on that talks specifically about magic. and. What really drew me to your your post in your podcast was what you said about coming out of the broom closet. And more and more people are coming out of the broom closet. And I really feel that. You must have some experiences with broom closets. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I grew up in a really conservative Christian home. And that's part of my awakening as a psychic empath that I discovered at a very early age that I have the gift of prophecy, that I have visions and I'm able to hear from spirit and communicate messages for myself and for other people. And I didn't have the tools or resources to develop that further when I was growing up. And so I hid that for many years and it also hid my my interest and my belief in things that we don't understand, including magic. And as I got older, I realized that there was this really powerful connection between manifestation and magic and the things that I had been shown growing up, like in the Bible, the miracles that were happening. And that's, that's magic, right? And so the more that I studied it and the more that I read about it and the more that I started practicing it, the more that I realized it was like a coming home, a coming home to self, a remembrance of of what I had already known before at a soul level. Do you have a broom closet story? Like when you came out, how people responded? I do. Yes. So this happened very recently that I had a pretty public conversation about my experience with magic and, and being a, a practicing witch where my husband and I go to church and I get this question from my friends, like, why do you go to church if, you know, people don't accept you? And um, the funny thing is, is I felt called to go back to church because I had grown up in the church. And then as I got to be a teenager, it didn't resonate with me so much. There were some certain things about the, the ideology there that didn't 
fit in with what I was feeling. And I didn't go for several years. And then I went back in my early 20s. And then we stopped going because of COVID. And then so finally, we started going back. And at first, I was really resisting it. Because I thought, well, they're not going to understand me, they're not going to accept me, I'm going to get rejected, uh, like, they're going to ostracize me, I'm going to get excommunicated. And then I realized that I that was fear, it was fear talking. And it's very much the witch wound, right? I really just felt like there's this conversation you're supposed to have, you're supposed to go and you're supposed to own up your witchy self and go and have this conversation to heal this witch wound. And so I go and we we go for, you know, several weeks and I'm waiting and I'm waiting for the conversation. And I keep expecting to have this conversation. And sure enough, um, one of the ladies from the small group that we had joined, small groups, kind of like a Bible study, if you will. She invites me to coffee. And I just know as soon as she says that, I know she wants to talk to me about my social media because I'm a psychic coach. I'm an energy healer. My magic, my manifestations, everything I do is on social media. It's public. Anyone can see it. And we go and she's there with another gal from the group. It really had the vibe of like, I feel like I'd been interrogated in a past life. I'd had that kind of, <laughs> that kind of vibe. They were asking me questions about my faith and why I'm there at the church and like, is what I'm channeling from God. And, you know, they had some concerns about whether or not I was being a bad influence in the community. And they didn't specifically tell me that I couldn't be there, but they said, you know, I could never be in leadership and that. I would have to believe that the Bible is the only source of truth. They believe, and I respect their beliefs, although I, I disagree, that that you can't blend or mix Christ consciousness and the cosmos, that they're somehow mutually exclusive, and that you can't blend or mix the Messiah and magic, that they're somehow mutually exclusive. And, and I don't think that's true. I sat there for 90 minutes. <laughs> you can believe I sat there for 90 minutes. And when we started this conversation, I said, you know, I don't feel that I should have to defend myself to you and I'm not going to, but if we're looking at this with, with an open mind and curiosity, then I'm happy to answer your questions because I don't have anything to hide. And so I had sat for as long as I could sit before I had to leave because my husband had another engagement, but yeah, that was my experience in not hiding myself and having that, what I predicted to be the conversation coming out of the broom closet in that way, in a situation, in an environment that is not conducive. <laughs> Do you believe that you can bridge the gap between the cauldron and the church? In other words, is it possible to blend the cosmos and Christ consciousness? I think it is because everything is energy. I'm energy, your energy, it's all around us, it's moving through us. And so I think there is truth in everything. There's truth in the Christ consciousness and there's truth in the cauldron. And I think that's part of being the spiritual being, having a human experience in being someone who explores manifestation, explores magic is finding the truth and bringing it together in a way that feels like that coming home and that remembrance of self. I don't think anything has to be mutually exclusive. Did you actually use the word witch with these ladies? I did. Because they had heard a podcast interview that I had done with a friend of mine that was the first podcast that I referred to myself as a witch. And I think I even said Christian witch. I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I did say the word witch. And she said specifically that it was that podcast and that word that really bothered her. 
that was my question to her is what is it about the word witch that really bothers you? And could that mean that you have wounding around that word? This isn't about me. This is about you having fear about around the word. What did she say? I, she doesn't know how to answer that, right? She's like, I, I admit I have fear, but I'm not allowed to go and explore it because that's opening a door to something that I don't want to invite into my life. So she can't even know a witch or talk to a witch or say the word witch because she'll be damned? Well, and that's the thing, right? Is a little part of the people-pleasing part of me, which is like, I want people to like me, right? And I said, if I don't go to church on Sunday... It's probably because my son has a cold, not because of this conversation. Sunday rolls around and he's like 90, 95% better. But I'm getting like anxiety about going back to church because I don't want to see these people, right? That just like had this 90 minute conversation. I like meditated and I felt into it. And I, I just really felt like if you don't go, it's not like you have something to prove, but if you don't go, then you're letting people that think like that win. I agree. You have a right to worship the divine and, and the divine. And this was her other thing is she, God is God. Right. But like, I wasn't supposed to use other words like divine source spirit, right. The universe, but I have a right to worship the divine to connect with source. However I want. And I felt that. And I said, you need to go. And I went and we had a guest pastor speaking and that's exactly what he said. He says, it's about having the freedom to worship the divine, however you want. And I just started bawling. It's the, <laughs> like, I'm crying just thinking about it now. I was like, oh my God, thank God you went. I'm so glad you went because that's exactly what you said to yourself before you went. And the timing was perfect. And he actually, he talked about the gift of prophecy too. And, and um, it gets into the hashing of words, right? Like some people don't like the word psychic because it brings up feels like the word, which brings up feels. And um, some people like the word prophet, but not psychic. It's like, it doesn't matter. But he talked about the gift of prophecy and he talked about being that prophetic voice, even though there are other people that don't believe in that. And I thought, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> that's me. And, you know, we all have our own gifts. That's your gift. There was one thing that they said that that actually I agreed with, that they felt like there was an element to my work that I was doing it for myself in the sense that, like, what I was doing as a psychic coach and a healer was, like, to build myself up as an expert. And I could see that because I can see in my, in my journey, how there was confidence building pieces of it and like learning the skills and the practices and being able to do it professionally. And then also, you know, wanting to build myself up as a thought leader and like the quote unquote expert for not necessarily selfish reasons, because I feel that everything I do is to be of service to others, to guide them in their own healing journey. But before they even said that, so this wasn't necessarily reflected in my social media, but before they had even said that, I felt the call from spirit that I'm a channel for grace. And so it's not like I'm the one that's doing the healing, right? Like it's, I'm channeling energy and I'm channeling magic and I'm channeling manifestation. And that's what's facilitating that for someone else. I'm a conduit. I'm allowing it to move through me. 
But my question is, what's wrong with being an expert in your field? But supposedly it's selfish. If I'm doing, if I'm building a business to make money and I'm successful at it, sometimes somehow that's selfish, right? No, like that's not my perception. That's the projection that they were putting onto me. I guess that would mean that none of us should go to work and earn a paycheck because we're being selfish. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> In your email to me, you mentioned waking the witch. And your question which we're going to talk about is why are more light workers and witches waking up now than ever before? Yeah, it's time. I feel like there was some cosmic timer that went off and we're waking up because the world is ready to rise. And I, I say that knowing that as we wake up and as we rise the collective consciousness, we're raising the vibration of, of humanity in general. Something has to pass. It's like there, there's a death before the rebirth. And so not only are more waking up and rising to raise the vibration of humanity so that we can be closer to what we call the divine, to be closer to this cosmic energy because we are one. I don't believe there's any separation between us. And the divine, it's a perception. And that was another sticking point is there's a separation. We're not God. But there's a dying out of the old energies, of the old patterns, of the old programs as we do that. We saw it with COVID, a mass death of a certain type of consciousness that's no longer serving to raise up and rise than a higher level of thinking, a higher level of being. In some of my other episodes, and people who know me will hear me say, there's never been a better time to be a witch. We're coming out and we're building our community. And I think that's why your work and this podcast and these conversations are so important. Because as I shared in this conversation, I'm not the only one. I said, there is no way with however many people go to this church, I'm the only one like me that has visions, that can lay on hands, that can practice magic. I feel it. I feel there are other people and that's my role is to be in there and bridge the gap to show them that it's safe to be yourself. Yeah, you are a role model. You will find them and they will find you in your church and beyond. What were the early signs for you that you're a witch? What drew you to magic? Oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know that there's like a definitive point because I've always been spiritually curious starting from when I was nine years old, realizing that I was psychic to, I always loved the villains in Disney movies. <laughs> and I was like, why is it that the only evil person, is the one that can do magic, like why does magic have to be evil? <laughs> I was always drawn to the villains because they had like the super cool powers and I'm like, how cool would it be to be able to do stuff like that? They were just too cool. <laughs> As I got to be older, I liked to go to like crystal shops and I like, like to look at like the herbs and the oils. And then I got into herbs and oils and I was using it for healing. And I thought like, there's really no difference between healing and magic. We're just using different words because it's PC and it's what makes people comfortable, right? And so I started doing that. And then I think the real turning point for me was a couple of years ago, 
I was dealing with my daughter who was about nine months old at the time. And this kid would not go to sleep. She just would not go to sleep. And I said, I don't care what I have to do. If I have to like put a spell on her, I am going to get this kid to sleep. And that just really opened up the door for me. I'm like, well, that gets me curious. Like, what if there actually like was a spell to help the kids sleep? And so let me look into that. And like, then I opened the door for like, well, what's actually the history of the witch? Because a little part of me is like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. But then a part of me is like, no, this feels right. And so I started reading books. And the more I read the books and listened, I say read books, I only listen to audiobooks. But so I started listening to these audiobooks and I learned about the history, the history of the witch and how so much of this supposed mysticism around, around the witch, this mystery is that it was about power. It was about power in the church, specifically male power in subjugating women because they didn't understand women, how women could have these intuitions and this power. So let us ostracize that and turn that into something evil and demonic because we don't actually want women to have power. And I was like, Oh man, like I felt that I felt that like right here in the fields that so much of it was about power and keeping women's power small. And I wanted to reclaim that for myself. And I wanted to reclaim that for my daughter who at the time was nine months old. Now she's, almost three, but I felt the charge to, to clear that ancestral wound for my family, seven generations back, seven generations forward. And so since then, which is only a couple of years ago, I've really gone all in. Was there a specific moment that you came out of the broom closet? There's been like three baby moments um, that like, it had to do so like I'm on social media, like anyone can see what I do publicly. But for me, it the the coming out of the broom closet part is having that conversation with close people in my life that I hold very near and dear to my heart that it would have rocked me to feel rejected by them. Right. One is my mom, one is my husband, and then the other was the church. And so my mom and I have had conversations. Not so much about the witch, but I feel that that conversation is coming, but definitely about the psychic. And and I use these terms because they're, I guess you would say like archetypes. Like if I say psychic, if I say witch, people have an idea of what that means, but it's not really what it means. But we'll, we'll focus on the psychic conversation. And she asked me about tarot cards that I had brought to her house. And I didn't even think anything of it because to me, it's like, it's not the tarot cards that have, that have meaning. It's what people project onto the tarot cards that give them meaning, right? And she said something to the effect of like, well, if we were supposed to know the future, we would just know. And I was like, mom, but I, but I do know. But I do. But, but I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the cards that tell me the future. They're, the cards are just like cards. They're just a tool that I already know. <laughs> So that was one conversation and, and, and she's, I love her to pieces and she's selling her house and she's going to come live with me for a few months. So we're going to end up having more conversations about this, but she's the type of person that like, doesn't bring stuff up. Like if she doesn't think about it, it doesn't exist. Right. So in, in her mind, it's like, well, if I don't think about Nicole being a psychic or being a witch, then it, it's not real. Right. It won't be real. <laughs> the other conversation was with my husband. And he had a, uh, obviously, much more loving approach towards these two seemingly separate worlds, right? 
because he he asked me the question. This was like the first or second week after we'd gone to church. And he said, how do you like reconcile church and magic? Like, how do you reconcile the two? We just had this really beautiful conversation about how, you know, prayer and meditation are two sides of the same coin. Prayer to me is when you ask for something and uh, meditation is listening for the answer and magic and manifestation are the same thing that when you, um, when you manifest something that's magical and miracles, like miracles and, and manifestation are the same thing. And um, I look at manifestation as like the answer to prayer, right? And so we just had this beautiful conversation because even then, like, I wasn't really using the word witch, but I was like, this is like, oh, I can use the word witch. And I'm, I tell him I'm a witch and he understands And He's like, use your witchy powers and do some, like, he calls it voodoo, do some voodoo and like bring some money in. And I'm like, voodoo is not the same thing here. That's not, <laughs> it's not the same thing. And then the third conversation of coming out of the room closet was indeed um, that conversation that I had with the ladies from church. How do they respond to you now? So I went back to church and I had that beautiful sermon from the guest pastor. And then I went to the small group where they were. And the one lady that led the conversation that invited me to coffee, you know, greeted with, with a smile and, and gave me a big old hug. And, and there was a part of me, and I guess this is like the sister wound of like, is this real? Like, can somebody love me even though they don't agree with me? And spirit was just like, why are you questioning it? Like, let, let it be real. Like, if you want it to be real, then it gets to be real. Like, why do you feel like people are just automatically going to reject you? Right. And so, um, there was that. And I felt like the other, the other woman was like ignoring me, like not making eye contact. And then I just like left it alone. Like she didn't want to talk to me. That's fine. But, um, then we had like a, it was like a couple's date night at the first woman's house. So I actually went to her house and within her home around all the other people that I've supposedly <laughs> not a good influence. And um the second the second lady was also there and made eye contact, talked to me. So I, I think a part of that me thinking she was ignoring me is actually like my protective mechanism of not wanting to feel not wanting to feel rejected. But I intentionally put myself in those places, in those situations, not because I was like to fight or like prove a point, but to, to strengthen my muscle that like, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be in hiding that I get to be who I am. And if people like me, great. And if they don't, that's fine too. And that's freeing. If you have the attitude that, you know, this is just who I am and you like me or you don't. What do you see happening in the world now? that more people are coming out of the broom closet. I think there's going to be a complete turnover. I have a lot of conversations with people about this idea of being like isolated or alone. They say it's like, a, it's very lonely. I feel like there's not a lot of people out there. And I felt like it's been like one to 2% of the population that has been like waking up. But I feel like there's going to be this complete shift where we will be the majority. That if, if you're not someone that like believes you're connected to source and that magic is real and that you have the power and you create your own reality, like you're the one that ends up. Do you have a strong witch community where you live? We have something called, so I'm based in Houston. We have something called Witches of Houston. That's a pretty strong community here in Houston that's online. 
And I've used that online community to find other like-minded men and women. Houston's a big city though. So like you could meet someone and they actually live like an hour and a half away. That's the case with, with one of my friends. I am building my personal practice. I am building my witch connections. I don't have a coven as of yet. I would love to call that in at some point. I feel that is going to be part of my journey. So I'm just like solitary witch right now, but I'm calling in my soul sisters and they are also practicing witches and practitioners. So that could be coming up as a thing, I think for us. You and I are both in Texas. Are we really? I didn't even know that. I'm in the San Antonio area. Yeah, I'm going to be in San Antonio sometime next year. I'm planning a retreat there. Oh, well, we'll have to meet up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. It's not that far. It's not that far. I told myself it's not that far. It's not that far. Is there anything that you would like to share with the audience, especially those who may be holding back from shining their light? Because I know this is a problem for many, many witches. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love this question. It's like, I always just go with the first thing that like really rings true. The first thing that comes in my head and that's, and I actually feel it here in my heart, but feel the fear and do it anyway. If someone like me (laughs) has a history of anxiety, a history of depression, a history of chronic illness, a history of perfectionism, a history of people pleasing can step up and show up and speak their truth, even when it's uncomfortable. There's no reason why you can't. There's no reason why you can't. And I think that's why I feel this call. I've probably done like 20 podcast interviews in the past two weeks. And because this is coming after, this is coming after this conversation. And I just felt like on fire. I'm like, no, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing is bridging the gap. And this is what I'm meant to do. And um, again, not like from this, like, I have to prove myself to these people because it's not about the people. It's about being that leading example for the other people that are on the before side of what I just crossed. It's your purpose. It's my purpose. It's my, it's my calling. It's, it's my dharma, if you will. And a few of these podcasts have talked about magic to a degree as it relates to manifestation. A few of them have, have, have mentioned the word witch. Um, this is the first one that we really go like deep into, into the witch room, but that's really, that's really what it's about for me. That's why I'm on such like such a mission to like keep doing these interviews and keep talking and getting the word out there because people need to know, people need to know. And, and the more that I step up and speak that truth, the the safer, and I use that word safer, it is for for other people to do the same, to give them hope and confidence and be able to do that for themselves. And these are important podcasts, helping other people, whether it's making their magic shine or coming out of the broom closet. Yeah. Then now what happens? So now I have this beautiful invitation, all right, a choice of, well, do I put this on my social media where that woman follows me? Knowing that she's probably going to see it and that she's going to listen to it, right? And it's you mean like, this episode? Hey, yeah. Yeah, maybe she'll listen to it. Quite often, people who just don't know what they don't know have their own fears. And we can be there for them and clarify what we do. And we can debunk their 
misconceptions and the misinformation. I had thought about that too afterwards. I think it was later that day and I thought, oh, you should just offer to do like a healing session for her to, so she can see. And then I, I realized that wasn't, that wasn't coming from the right place. I don't think. Nicole and I were just interrupted by in breaking one of our internet connections. So we are back now. Nicole, I don't know where we left off, but did you want to say something about why we were disconnected? Yes, I shared with you and one of the times I got disconnected and I share with most podcast interviews I do. I have a tendency, we have a tendency collectively to break the internet when we have these kinds of conversations. Anytime I do light language, talk about magic, talk about witchcraft, without fail, breaks the internet because I believe there's like spiritual warfare going on. The the powers that be, like the ones that want to keep us small, keep us stuck, keep us not in alignment with our truth, don't want us to go there. So they try and disconnect us. Is it your internet? Sometimes it's mine. Sometimes it's the other person. Sometimes it's just the software shuts down. It could be Facebook Live. It could be Zoom. It could be Riverside or the I forget the other platform. It doesn't matter the platform. It also doesn't matter the device. Me and other hosts have tried other devices. It's I, it, I think it has to do with what it is that we're talking about. Well, it's time for a cleansing. I'm going to do a complete recalibration on that. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, so what I was what I was sharing before, I completely forgot where we left off. Oh, yes. Um, I was going to extend an invitation for this woman for me to do a healing session on her and do like a magic and manifestation on her so she could see what it actually is. But I realized that I, I didn't end up extending the invitation because it was coming from that place of wanting to prove a point and wanting to be right. It wasn't coming from like a true place of... It was for the wrong reasons. It was for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Just be kind and encourage her to see your social media. And whenever you have a wonderful podcast episode with these topics, just post them on your social media and you know she's going to be curious and she'll listen to the podcasts. I know I'd be curious for sure. It's kind of like a kid who's never been to the circus. <laughs> you want to go to the circus. Oh, it's so true. Is there anything else you would like to share before we finish? <laughs> okay. Is oh my there gosh. any other message you want to send anybody out there about magic? psychics, witches, and coming out of the broom closet and flying with pride. Yes. Well, we did the fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. The last thing I would like to leave y'all can't say we're not in Texas unless we're saying y'all. The last thing I'd like to leave y'all is that you are powerful. Don't ever let anyone ever tell you otherwise. You are in control of your reality. And since you're in control, why not make something magical? Absolutely. Like you said, we're waking up now than ever before. And I'll say there has never been 
a better time to be a witch. As far as your social media, how can the audience find you? So I love to connect on social media. A great way to find me is on Instagram. That's instagram.com slash Nicole.Starbuck, N-I-C-O-L-E, a little period in the middle, then my last name, Starbuck, S-T-A-R-B-U-C-K, like the coffee, but without the S on the end. And then I also run a free group called the Conscious Collective, which is for other light workers and psychics and healers and witches and we gather and we have a lot of fun there so that's on facebook so that's facebook.com slash groups slash oracle academy and i'll spell oracle because it's a play on words it's spelled like aura a-u-r-a-c-l-e academy super and i'll put those in the notes thank you so much and thank you so much for the opportunity to share to share my perspective and my story. I hope it can enlighten and encourage someone else as well. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. (laughs) 